Hi there, church family. It's good to be with you today as we do our sermon recap. We're going to start our Advent season, or we did this past Sunday, in our Christmas sermon series. And so that's what we'll be having for the next, well, three more weeks, four altogether. But one was already preached this past Sunday. And we'll be spending our time in John chapter 1, the first 18 verses, prologue of John's book. And this week we focused in on the first five verses, which says, In the beginning was the word... And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, uh, I think you guys would agree, pretty popular. Would you guys say that? Pretty pretty well-known verses especially verse 1 and verse 14, for sure, um, often often quoted or verses that we try to memorize or have our children memorize. Um, but there is a lot of, in my study, there is a lot of technicality within these uh, first 18 verses, which I, <clears throat> I'm i sure you guys, I mean, you guys haven't studied or whatever, but... Um, there's a lot of language technicalities in here that, as I said in the message, that um, kind of are missed in the English translation uh, of just some certainty, which then has led to some errors of people's beliefs uh, when it comes to Jesus, uh, him being eternal, him being God, uh, all things being created through him. Uh, because they're, like we have, what you call what would you call Jehovah's Witness? A denomination? No. A no. whole different religion, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Like the Jehovah's Witness, which is maybe you don't run into too many people who are Jehovah's Witness, but they mm-hmm. are common in every community. Mm-hmm. Um this would be a this would be a chapter they would have to argue mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. for sure. Um because they believe Jesus is created, uh was created and given divinity later. Um what about the Mormons? Spencer, you're our Mormon expert. I mean, they don't believe in the Trinity. Right. They believe that there's three separate beings. They're they, not. They're not one substance. Do you know? Do they say Jesus was is eternal? Do you I don't know, know if they I would say he's eternal. They would say we're all. Some of them yeah, would I say know. we're all eternal. Yeah, you know. I would think it's safe to say they're not Christians. No, yeah, I agree. I was just <laughs> right, curious what right. their thought right there on Jesus. I can't remember. I remember looking into it before, but it's been a long. But time. But they believe Jesus and Lucifer were brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yep. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you don't believe that? I do not. No. <laughs> yeah. oh. I'll, I'll stand for a moment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as I tried to say in the message, and um, this, there is some technicality here, and I know that sermons that deal with technical things can sometimes come across as uh, boring in a way, or. Um, the question might be, how is this relevant to my life today? And that's what a lot of people are looking for when they come to church. They're like, I need you to give me one or two things, practical things, so that I can bear through this week or whatever it might be. Um, but yet, this these technical things are very important because it is what defines our faith. It's what men and women for centuries actually have died for, to take a stand to say, not against the culture so much, but to stand against other people who said they are in the faith, but were denying some essentials 
uh, some very important essentials to the faith. And and so we looked at just a couple of them uh, this past Sunday, again, in these first five verses, and really two of the bigger ones being, which we can we can discuss maybe more in depth, of Jesus being eternal, always has been. And this is where the language becomes important because I read a quote from Alistair Begg who uh, walked his congregation through it, and it was helpful for me to read. I remember, so I just thought, well, maybe it'd be helpful to read uh, to our congregation. But just with the with the different tenses when it comes to was God, but then also created of how that's working together. That it it very clearly is saying always was, always was, always was. There's never been a a time when Jesus wasn't, but then he was created in the sense of he was born, right? He took on flesh and dwelt among us, which we uh, see in verse 14, which I guess I should say a side note real quick. It says word in here all the time, but using verse 14, we know that word is meaning, it's meaning Jesus, mm-hmm. it's meaning Christ. So, Lagos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do have to jump ahead to verse 14 a little bit to, to see that and to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so from your guys' standpoint, why why is it so important that Jesus be eternal? I'm not going to sit here and have you guys like take a defense biblically that Jesus is eternal. Let's assume that we, we've talked about that. We we see that here. Why does that become? Why does that become important? Like a hill to die on? Because it's true. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think that's one of the first things we want to say is that that's. It's important to believe something simply because it's true and not because it's beneficial um, in a sense that we might think it should be whatever practicality um, from a pragmatic perspective um, because it's true. One of the things I think you see is interesting in the Bible is also how um, one's understanding of who God is relates to the kind of salvation that you have. So, for instance, whenever we look at Jehovah's Witnesses, or Mormons, groups that deny the Trinity, their understanding of how we are saved is inherently legalistic and all works righteousness based. Mm -hmm. It takes a triune God to save us by grace because you have to have a father to send the son in the spirit in order to save us and to, to redeem us, um, to lay down his life for us. So, um, if you're looking at it from then a, a perspective of salvation, um, only someone who is both God and man. Could, well, that's kind could, of jumping ahead a little right. to the Jesus is God part. You you jumped ahead, Spencer. But to be eternal is eternal. to be God, right? I mean, you can't be God without being eternal. Sure. Right? But, so. he's, but he's stating eternal and God. So how do we do we separate those at all? No. No? Okay. The only truly eternal one is mm-hmm. is God. So something from outside of time and space and creation has to enter this world in order to save us from our sins. And only someone who has his, uh, I don't want to use the word origin because he doesn't even have an origin. Um, Someone who uh, his native heir is outside of time and space is the only person who can enter time and space and bear the wrath of God for us. So it was important for him to be eternal so that the eternal one could enter into time mm-hmm. um, and, and take all of the eternal wrath that we are owed and fully finish all of, all of, uh, and satisfy everything to bring us back to God, the father um, in, in acceptance and in love. So, 
I mean, that is the uh, the other aspect of of why it's so important for him to be eternal is um, we know it's finished because he is eternal and he was able to bear the brunt of all of God's wrath and come out on the other end and be raised raised from the dead. Anybody else want to add to that? Jesus is eternal. Jesus is God. Those are the <clears throat> two first things we see here. Mm-hmm. That's it. You're talking about verse one in particular. Is that what you're trying to? Yeah, it's verse one. Yeah, uh, I mean verse two. I added in there because right. he was in the beginning. Um, right. The, and, and it's interesting because John is interesting because one of the things you notice is on the one hand things are technical, but on the other hand things are so sneakily simple. Because like John, right? Whenever you study Greek beginning, they you use the Johannine literature mm-hmm. because it's so basic. Uh, Greek, and so the first statement is, an, is a statement of existence. In the beginning was the word. The second statement is a statement of relationship, and this word that I'm talking about was right alongside God. And then the third statement is a stature, statement of nature, of essence, and the word was God. So that's describing to us just like um, the ocean is water. The word was God. So it's a statement of, of, of his substance. So he has all of the characteristics and all of the individual uh, distinctives um, that belong uh, to, to being divinity is what the word is. And, um, and so in doing that right away, John is already, and right then verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. So the statement of existence is his existence is always right alongside God. So he's distinct from God, but he also is of the same stuff as God. So we're already in this Trinitarian discussion of he's of the same stuff as God, and yet he's in a relationship with God. Uh, so we're already talking about persons. Um, and so on the one hand, things are very technical, but on the other hand, things are, are very simple because John is writing an evangelistic book mm-hmm. so that we might believe and know. Um, and that's one of the wonderful things I love about John. That's why yeah. he, I love this gospel. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, you know, you mentioned this too in your, in your sermon, Tim, about the, uh, the, the grammar, like this, the imperfect verb, like the ain in Greek, which is was. And John also throughout his, his letter or his gospel uses the I am statements a lot. You know, Jesus saying, I am the the bread, I am the, mm-hmm. the vine, which goes back to that imperfect verb when, when God, you know, spoke to Moses and called him to Egypt. And Moses said, well, who do I tell Pharaoh that sent me? He said, tell him I am. You know, it's this, I've always been. It's self-existing. And that's one of the, the technical terms of, of Jehovah. Jehovah is the, the self-existing one. And so John picks that up very clearly, as you said, Spencer, and it's very simple, yet it's, it's the technicality is there, and that's important because he's always been. So, pretty cool. So John goes on after <clears throat> those two things about talking that Jesus is eternal, that he is God, and he talks about how everything has been created through, through him as well. And John's not the only one to do that. We read in a couple other places in Hebrews, also in Colossians. Uh, where we see this, I'll read the Colossians uh, 1. It says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. We see the 
centrality of Jesus, the importance of of Jesus there, and this is why we another reason why we why we worship Him. Correct? We are we. I was trying to think of it in a way of like taking even like salvation out of it, trying to take uh, all that kind of stuff out of it. If if I'm created and there is one who created me and everything that I have is because of him, everything has been done through him, and it's because of him that my life can be sustained, it's because of him that I breathe and that I eat, that alone then is worthy of I owe him really everything mm-hmm. because at any moment he could end it. Mm-hmm. Right, he could end it for me, but on top of that, what we have in Jesus is he's all of that. But on top of that, then we also have the fact that he's our our savior, he's mm-hmm. our redeemer. Mm-hmm. You know, the the one who created all things then comes and and dies in the created's place, mm-hmm. right? Which really is unheard of. Which really shouldn't happen. Which mm-hmm. which really is the sticking point for many people of of belief and unbelief. Uh, <clears throat> but yet, that's what we. That's what we have, and and so we see the importance of Christ in the beginning, uh, <clears throat> all the way back in Genesis. That we wouldn't we wouldn't have stars, and we wouldn't have heaven, and we wouldn't have uh, we wouldn't have water, and all this stuff if it were not for for Jesus. Uh, which then again harkens back to the fact that He's eternal. He mm-hmm. He always has been, um, and so we want to give him his due respect when we read something like this and and worship him and honor him and honor him for that and we should have a desire that everybody that everybody do that mm-hmm. right um <clears throat> you think about how people sorry I'm still under the weather a little bit uh how people will get frustrated because respect isn't given at certain times and we we know how that is in our in our culture, there's certain times when you should give respect. So if you go to a funeral, you shouldn't be in there acting like a fool, right? It's no, you, you give respect because of the situation. Uh, no matter how good or bad the person was, who's in the casket, no matter how much you like the family or you don't like the family, uh, there's a respect factor when you walk into that funeral home or when you're dealing with that family. And we teach that to everybody, right? Uh, and I've even seen people get angry over maybe a lack of respect, right? It's like, hey, no, 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 you don't do that. Um, as Christians, I think we should take it pretty serious that there's a lot of people who do not give God the respect he's due. And so I've, I've argued before that a lot of times our uh, missional motivation or our evangelistic zeal is based on the fact that I love my mom and my mom's not a Christian and I want my mom to go to heaven. And that's why I share the gospel with my mom. And I think that's an okay thing to think. I, I understand that. But really, I think what a Christian's drive and motivation should be is more people need to be worshiping God because he deserves it. Hmm. He deserves that everybody worship him. My motivation is for more people to praise him and to honor him. Mm-hmm. And this is why I want to go and share the gospel, because he alone is worthy of it. And yes, your heart breaks for the lost. They're worshiping, you know, wooden idols or they're, they're, they're worshiping the created. Um, and so, yes, of course, there's that side of it for sure. But our main motivation, I think, should be <laughs> if anything gets worship, it needs to be him. And so let's try to do our best to help people to understand that and to know and to know this great truth and let us remember that too that when we when we come to gather together to worship uh who it is we're worshiping i think we've talked about this before in podcasts and different things but 
there is something to be said about the older generation and uh, kind of what my generation and generations under are doing when it comes to worship. We have made it a kind of, um, what's the word? Uh, worship isn't as respectful. Um, and I, th- I think we got to be careful about how we talk about this. But, you know, I remember as a kid it was you did dress up. You did dress up to church, and mm-hmm. you know, as a kid, I thought this is dumb. I hate this. I hate wearing this, or whatever the case might be. Um, but I, I do think that it came from a place of, of respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recently saw somebody post something. It's a, it's an older man. He's in he's in his eighties, but he had a picture, and he said, "Do you remember when people used to dress for church like they were going to go meet Jesus?" And it seems condescending, I'm sure, to some generations and to some people when they post that. But I think this is what he's getting at, though. It's like if I'm going to, if I'm saying I'm going to church to worship Christ and to worship God, I want to bring my best forward. I want to be respectful. And in our today and age, this is this is what respectful maybe looks like. Is a for him maybe a suit and tie or you know whatever the case mm-hmm. might be. And I know that changes over time, but I do wonder sometimes if we've lost some of that. Uh, again, in my generation and generations under me a little bit, where we are so afraid that that's what's caused people not to come to church and that you're only a good Christian if you dress up. You're only What, a what good generation Christian. are you associating yourself with? Uh, what's the one right before millennial? Gen, Gen X. X. I'd be that one. So, yeah. so yeah, me and Scott are the uh, representative millennials. We and will bear the brunt. Dave, you're a boomer? No. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Dave's part of the greatest generation. Oh. No, no. See ya. No, no. No, me and Scott are the representative millennials, so we will bear the brunt of all the world's problems on no, our I, shoulders. Because I say we, my generation because, I mean, because. I remember thinking that and, and being like, we don't have to dress nice yeah. to worship God. We don't have to be like that. And, and uh, that so movie, we, we have big enough shoulders. We that can recent bear movie that Tim Patterson talked about so much, The Jesus Revolution, that was a lot of that mm-hmm. about that. They're coming in here with sandals on and this and that. No, mm-hmm. you don't, right? Yeah. So the push was even back in the 60s and 70s of mm-hmm. let's let's not make this what Christianity is about, which is true. It's not yeah. about that yeah. at all. But I do think there has been some lack of reverence and, and awe of who we're mm-hmm. coming, even in maybe the music we sing or uh, how we how we preach and present the word of God, where we you know you just do it kind of like. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. maybe that's a little. That's little a fun, bit of a, it's a fun cultural talk to yeah, have. For some, sure. uh, I, I do think those kinds of things are fascinating from even a non-Christian perspective. Just yeah. a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, looking back at this text, I think is is interesting to not overlook is John says all things were made through him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's interesting. John doesn't say that he made all things. Not that that's incorrect that Jesus is the creator. Right. No, Father, the Father made yeah. all things through, him. through the Son. I picture Marvel movie when I see that. <laughs> you guys aren't Marvel I don't. Guys. I'm not a Marvel yeah, no, guy. I don't think any of you are, right? Guy. You're not a Marvel, Marvel guy. Movies. I just don't know what you're referencing right now. It was when, uh, when Thor had to hold the thing together for the star to make his new axe. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it had to go through him, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Huh. That, that's kind of mm-hmm. what I... Yeah. yeah. Is I'm that sure, black and white? Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, this is the Marvels from the 1812s. Oh, I'm surprised you haven't. 1812. I'm surprised you haven't. <laughs> now, trivia question. Moving pictures. Uh, yeah. question. What is what is the name of the axe? Uh, it's Groot's arm in the movie. It is, well, that's not the name, but that's yeah. what he uses for the handle. I don't remember. Stormbreaker. 
What is it? Stormbreaker. Yeah, Stormbreaker. It's right. a cool name. Okay. You're right. Great. Stormbreaker. Great. We're talking about a superhero named after a pagan god. Awesome. Listen, you talk about so many um, dumb we, things. You all don't even pagan worship all the time with your sports. Yeah, don't even start. Oh. <laughs> I went there. Oh, I went there. You did I go went there. there. People worship there. at those places all the time. That's true. All right. Back to the text. <laughs> so all things were made through him. I do think. That, I mean, I just think that's that's a, a very important um, preposition through by means of him because later on in the bible or in, in the gospel of john um the through language is used of jesus so his jesus's uh, the son's role in creation is paralleled um is in how he recreates the world so jesus will say things uh, like this right um, for god did not send the his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him so just as God the Father created all things through the Son, so now he's about saving the world through the Son. And Jesus, right, later on would say um, in that famous verse um, in chapter 14, he tells Philip, right, um, no one comes to the Father except through me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So there's this relationship that um, between the Father and the Son that, we know the Father as Creator and as Redeemer through the Son. Um, but also, um, I heard this is kind of a, a bit of a weird analogy, but it's like, how would you know if my breath was bad smelling? Well, you'd have to get up and hear and, and close to my mouth, and you would hear what I say, and then there would be breath. And so the Father speaks the Word, but the breath that comes forth from that is also the Spirit. Hmm. Right, because the spirit is the breath. So all three are there at creation. The Father says, and where and the spirit is already hovering at creation. And similarly, here the Father is creating all things through the Son. And so I think that John, the the preposition through, don't miss it because you'll see it all throughout the rest of the Gospel of John about how God saves the world in and through uh, the Son. He's the bread of life. He's the water through whom we get our thirst quenched and our our, our spiritual hunger satisfied through through Jesus. Trying right. to make this a little bit more of a holy conversation rather than Thor and everything else. Thanks, appreciate it. Yep. Uh, verses four and five. Moving in, on. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Uh, you guys got any thoughts on these verses? These were... Uh, Kind of difficult ones, honestly. Some people paired these verses with uh, 6, 7, and 8. And I debated on when I was studying if I was just going to do verses 1 through 3 or verses 1 through 5. I wasn't sure what I what I wanted to do. I eventually went with 1 through 5 together just because the next section kind of talks about John the Baptist. And it will be easier, I think, to do a sermon focused on John the Baptist and his work a little bit. But... Um, I said in the message, there was like two options. People say that these verses are connected to the first three, which then would deal more with creation and the idea of the light and darkness playing in creation. The darkness cannot overcome it. And some, like I said in the message, connected that to man being made in the image of, of God. That's something we can never run from. That's mm-hmm. not that's something that Satan could never like take away. It, 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 it's just always going to be. Uh, but then others translate this as more of a spiritual aspect of what John does later, what the way he uses light oftentimes later of talking about uh, those who've been saved by God's grace and those who haven't, the light and the darkness, and Christ has come as light in the world, and now the church is, is light in the world, in the, in the darkness. Um, 
I don't know if you guys have ever thought about it, if you guys have ever taught from this, ever, I don't know, it's just, it does seem a little, uh, I don't want to say out of place, but it's just, we're talking about something that it's almost like the subject had changed a little bit, it felt like. I mean, whenever God creates life in the first creation, the first thing he does is create light. So light and life go hand in hand mm-hmm. um, in the Bible. It's also interesting that in the creation narrative, the world is considered dark and light begins the day. So in, in the creation narrative, days begin in darkness and move to light. And that's actually the way the, the Hebrews considered days. Days began in the evening. So days, whereas we think of days beginning at midnight in darkness, the sun comes up and then they end in darkness. For the Hebrew mindset and the way the, the Genesis 1's written, days begin in the darkness and move to light. And I think that there's, there's an echo there. There's a, there's a movement of creation from darkness to light to where at the very end of the day or at the very end of Revelation, we see the new heavens and the new earth are only filled with light. The darkness is completely gone. Then that also signifies that life has come in all of its fullness and all of its uh, enlivening characteristics to the whole of creation and to us. Um, and God himself is the radiated uh, light and life to, uh, to all in him we live and move and have our being i always think about this verse whenever uh, deuteronomy god tells his people uh, through moses right uh, you need to listen to my law listen to my words you're going to fail i'm going to bring you back there's the promise of grace but then he says this he says therefore choose life that you and your offspring may live loving the lord your god obeying his voice and holding fast to him why for he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers. So there Moses says, cling to the Lord. Why? Because he is literally your life. So it's like, you can't have life apart from God. Mm -hmm. You can't have life apart from him. And so Jesus in entering into the world, he's going to say things later on, right? I am the resurrection and the life. I am the water of life. I am the bread of life. I, um, I've been, I'm going to raise the dead to life, uh, John chapter 5. Um, all of these things are connected to life because he is life to raise a dead world. Mm-hmm. And so John wants us to see that the one that's come to lay down his life for us is the one that gave us life and creation, but now he's come to do an even more amazing yeah. new work of creation, a new birth that comes about a new creative birth um, and a life that will never end. Mm. Um, so I, I think he's he's just building up a lot of these. I think for the, the first readers, particularly if you were a Hebrew, you're noticing tons of echoes automatically in the first five verses even. It's drawing so many parallels in your mind. Um, we're just not as adept at reading the Old Testament scriptures and finding those allusions. Yeah. But when they would have read those, heard those first five verses, I've got to believe a Jew hearing those, his mind's going all over the place mm-hmm. in the Old Testament to all sorts of allusions and um, already starting to understand who is this Jesus? Who is this word that takes flesh and dwells among us? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just and some th- thoughts. And I think furthermore, too, and, and you, you alluded to this as well, like obviously Genesis chapter 1 and paralleling this, but Jesus being the Logos, being the word that's always been with God in the beginning is God. Also, it says in Genesis one chapter two, or Genesis chapter one verse two, that he spoke, or verse three, he spoke. Let there be light, and there was light. And so, 
there's an there's kind of this tie-in that what did God do? He spoke. The Spirit of God hovers over the darkness, over the chaos of the uncreated matter form there, and then he speaks and brings light. And so here I think John has that in mind of Jesus being the Logos, the Word, being God himself and being in creation and speaking that into existence. So I think there's a really cool, kind of like you said, Spencer, there's all these, I think, little echoes, and the Jewish person would have been like, wow, because they're very, Hebrew people, the Hebraic idea is very visual, it's very metaphorical and, and word pictures and so forth. And uh, and I think that's very clear on what John was trying to do as a parallel with Genesis 1. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope that in the message it came across. I, wa- I really wanted verse 5 to be seen as comforting uh, because yeah. of what it says there. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully we grasp and understand that. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. Mm-hmm. And it I mean, it makes me think too of like Romans 8, right? It's just a promise that because we have been saved by God's grace, because we have been given that, that light, right? And the light is in us and we are the light. The darkness cannot overcome cannot overcome it and so we live in tumultuous days everybody does every everybody through history could say that we live through tumultuous days but yet nothing is gonna uh, take us away nothing can turn us into darkness because we are light and we didn't make ourselves light god did that in christ um and so that should be a source like we talk about during advent those four words of a source of hope of peace of joy and of love that's that doesn't end Right, that's that's never never gone, and that should connect to everybody, and no matter what stage of life you're in, right? I mean, if you're a young family and you're bustling at Christmas and it's all mostly joy and excitement, there's you have this understanding of what joy is, but yet there's an eternal joy given in Christ, right? Uh, or maybe you're later in life and your Christmas season is filled not with people coming over all the time anymore. It was. 30 years ago, 40 years ago, but you're just in a different spot in life and you understand that and you know the hurt and you know the pain of and difficulties of life, yet yet you can say amen to verse 5 knowing that's true. This world took away my husband, this world has took away maybe a child, this world has took away my career at this point, now it's taking away my health, whatever, whatever it is, but it can't take away and Satan cannot take away. Uh, my relationship with God and what he's done for me in Christ Jesus. He can't take away that inheritance that's sealed by the Holy Spirit. Um, and so that is our that is our hope. And it's, again, when we talk about hope as Christians, it's not a hope like a wish. It's a, a hope that's cemented, secured, and guaranteed. Uh, and so a verse like verse 5 is something we, we hold on to. Um, but the only reason we can hold on to it is because of the truths of the one before, right? Jesus is mm-hmm. eternal. Jesus is God. We know this. Yeah. We we believe this. We hold fast to this. And it's because of these things that he is our Savior, that he is our mediator. Um, and so it's um, there's important stuff there that I hope we all heard, uh, that we all grasp. Hopefully you study it more uh, on your own. Carry your candle. It. Run to the darkness. I know that Seek song. Seek out that, the that's hopeless. That's actually a good song. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying it, I'm sure, many times. Yeah. Shine. Scott has no idea. I'm it's, lost. Um, I'm lost. <laughs> who is who? Gold. Who's, Chris Rice, I think, is who's saying this. No, it's a it's a female. Um, Go light your world. <laughs> Not point of grace. No, Kathy Tricoli, because she came to Taylor Fort Wayne. I think the dean of students knew her, and she did a little concert. Okay. And she sang that song. Yeah, really good. Yeah. She's from Long, she's from Long Island, New York. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So it's like, hey, my dad's from Long Island. Oh. Tricoli, that could be an Italian name. It totally is Italian. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, and she yeah, looks there Italian. There you go. See? Yeah. Go light your world, Scott. Yep. Yeah, do you, do you, well, you probably know this one, This Little Light of Mine. You know that one, I'm sure. <laughs> you don't know that song? No, I know that song. Oh, <laughs> I was just say, come on. <laughs> no, that's like... And let Satan blow it out. Yeah. I'm going to let it shine. No, you got to do Shine all over Monroe. I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> Yep. There's a really cool Courtney version. Courtney should that, do that song with the kids. <laughs> there's a cool version of that song. It's a punk Christian punk band that does oh that, song. and they do it super fast. It's I awesome. think I've heard that. It's awesome. It yeah, they're called fun. One Bad Pig. Yeah, they're great. I like that version. One. Yeah, that's the name. Yeah, it's they're more called. Fun. They're, it's more they're fun. Christian punk band. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. It's called Sunday School Rock, but R A W K. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. I'll just send it to you guys. It's great. R A W K is rock. Yeah, like, like rock. Yeah, rock. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> that's how you say it. It's awesome. Uh, that's another uh, shine. Jesus shine is another great light light song. Oh, that's this yeah, land that's old school with right the there. Father's glory. Yeah. Send forth your word. You no, know that song's good. Oh my gosh! Really? You don't know that one? <sighs> Scott, I, don't know I was supernova in a children's play. What does that mean? That supernova that a superhero. It was, a, it was all. It was a children's <laughs> Christmas play. And we were all He's making stars. Fun of Thor and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I was I'm like Supernova. <laughs> I was like five. Okay. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. awesome. And you remember? started you wor- yeah. worshiping pagans early. No, that was not about pagan worship. So what is I was it the about? star that shone over Jesus. They think it was a supernova. They think it was a supernova. I was, that was my name, Supernova. Hmm. Did they say what was, did you did that do? have anything to do with size? What did you <laughs> Is that what your mom did to you? That hurts. Is that what happened? No, I think it was also because I had a decent voice. Oh, you had to sing. <laughs> yes, it's a musical. Well, I didn't know the star was singing up there. The yeah. Supernova. Yeah, the I was like, the lead singer for Shine Jesus Shine. You're the superstar <laughs> of the concert. You know what I mean? This is like the early 90s. You know what I mean? And I'm up there shining over Shining over the Lord Jesus' cradle. Did they cradle. hoist you up? No, I don't think there was any hoist. I think I climbed up some stairs or something. Oh, maybe. you sit over it? I don't remember. Did you have like a light-up costume on? I don't like, remember. Is there a video of this? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh. Can we can get your, it Can Bud bring it when he comes Christmas Eve? I've, Bud knows where it's at. Can he bring it? <laughs> that would be awesome. I'd like to see this. Mm, yes. I was, there's also a video of me for a th- an Easter one. Um, yeah, there's some yeah, video there's, out there of mine. Yeah. Of Joshua. Be. The lead in a play. You were Joshua? Yeah. Like you walked around Jericho? Mm-hmm. Nice. Wow. You know what I was thinking is if we brought back the programs here, we should do the Prince of Egypt. <laughs> Disney, you know? Disney version? No. Not, not Di- it wasn't Disney. It was. It, it, was, uh, it, it was, was. It was like no. Dream, uh, Dream. Dreamworks. Dreamworks. Yeah. 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 It wasn't cool. a Disney one. It was very good. But it, but it was really good. Yeah. You know, deliver us. I don't, know, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You've ne- what? You've never you've seen Prince of Egypt. It's Scott's bald, so he no. could be the pharaoh. That'd be awesome. That way, you'd be a good hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. Thanks, but, but you would also have <laughs> to try to take that one. <laughs> but you would finally have to watch the Ten Commandments with Yul Brynner. Like that. No, you, you would have to finally Egypt. watch that right there. Yeah, yeah. It's that's good. what I was. It's I've not never Disney. seen that. It's really yeah, good. I've never seen that. No. My kids love that movie. That yeah. was from like 1998. Yeah, I, think uh, I was. Uh, you were in high school. Yeah, I'm a junior in high school. I'm not watching the cartoon Prince basketball. No, I guarantee you. Did you go watch Shrek? When no. it came out, I mean, I've seen Shrek. I didn't go watch it. No, I didn't when did Shrek, Shrek come out? Came out? Uh, Mid nineties, like two thousand. Two thousand. No. Yeah, it was about two thousand. Oh, two thousand. Because Chris Farley was supposed to be the original Shrek, mm. 
And then he died. He died. Mm-hmm. So then they put Mike Myers in. Mm-hmm. He did a good job. Chris Farley would have been hilarious. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Shrek was 01. Yeah. I was in yeah. Kentucky in college mm-hmm. playing basketball. It was at a Christian college? Yeah. I don't know. See a movie? Yeah. What? I was like, I do a Shrek. <laughs> you know what I was worried about in 2001? Going to war. That's what I was worried about in 2001. <laughs> I know. It was, <laughs> it was so a rough old. Right. It was a rough I remember time. when that happened too. I was at the perfect age to go. Yeah. yeah. I remember <laughs> when that yeah. happened because there were some young men that had some. Yeah. They don't. I don't think people really thought through. It was just scary. It was scary. But it wasn't like a real possibility. But listen, you know? we had a church service down there, the church I was in, and they had a military recruiter come in, and oh, he stood up. In and the said, church? Yes. He went up. Gentlemen, come. We it's were like. Just do, like from the Patriots. We were doing a prayer. <laughs> service. Yeah. He did, man. He was like, listen, the draft is happening, so be ready. Wow. And what I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, <laughs> the I'm in really good happening. shape right now. I'm going to pass everything. No. <laughs> yeah, right. right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make sure I break my leg on the court this week. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, the draft. Is- that was a stressful time for yeah. me, I remember. Y2K was stressful for me because it was like yeah. just like three, four months before we got married. And it's like, the my teacher's going to end. Everything's going to blow. funny. I had to explain <laughs> third grade. <laughs> I was talking about that Our with teachers my kids. Had us all freaked yeah. out. They didn't know what Y2K was. Yeah. And so we were telling them, yeah. and they're like, why was everyone scared? And so I was trying to explain to them, and they're like, that's so dumb. It, I'm like, yeah. we didn't know. Yeah. It was all the hype. <laughs> You're going to look back in 20 years. And see <laughs> I remember watching the, ball, yeah. watching the ball drop and thinking, is something going to happen to New York, to New York City? You know, remember, they thought Pittsburgh. all the planes were going to fall out of yep. the sky. They were really the crazy about were gonna everything. Crash. Yep. Do you remember that? Yeah. You were in third grade? I was in third grade. I was drawing a picture of the Y2K bug. I was 11 when it happened. I would have been 11. Mm-hmm. So you were in like fourth or fifth grade? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, oh, fifth, fifth, fifth grade. grade yeah. Fifth grade. Wow. I was a senior. Tim's mm-hmm. over here worried about I being drafted. At, I was out of college. <laughs> yeah, I was a senior. Dave was getting married. I, I just, yeah, yeah. I was at Bambi Lake, actually, when that... that With Randy? Yeah. Randy would have been there. Wow. Randy? Guys were up there in the wilderness. Sledding. I mean... And with the Bigfoot, who knew what could have happened? <laughs> oh, no. That's what happened. Maybe Bigfoot, Bigfoot came. Y2K. Y2K. He stopped Y2K. He might have saved it. He yeah, might have saved it. He held back the, the beams from whatever. <laughs> we will know it. one day. One day in heaven, all will be revealed. He will be revealed to be Michael, the archangel of revelation. Right, I got He's fighting. I got to end this. Chaw, 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 I end this. <laughs> He's eating no beef, jer- eating yeah, beef jerky. Says, <laughs> Jack Leaks. <laughs> Jack Leaks. Wow. Nobody's listening anymore, so that's okay. okay. Oh, man. All right. Mike well, Clark is hanging in there. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's totally he's total hanging Shout out to Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mike, for listening. Tom Jaworski. Well, we're going to uh, continue to do sermon reviews. We're going to do a couple podcasts leading up to uh, Christmas. We hope to do something special. College football playoff special. We want to do something special for Christmas. I'm not mm-hmm. sure yet what it's going to be. I've been tasked with thinking about that by Spencer because... He doesn't want to do his job, I guess. So I'll do I'll do that part. Um, so we'll hopefully do something fun. Uh, probably won't be videoed because none of us have that skill. Right. Uh, we don't really have that skill set to do that. I can press a button. Yeah. Can you edit it? And I can learn. YouTube. Okay. Great teacher. Mm-hmm. We could maybe try to do that. We'll see. We'll see. We'll try to do something. We'll do something fun. But I would like to do what you said. College football playoff. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It'd be good. Discuss what's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be a big deal, Scott. Yeah, yeah, Michigan, Michigan plays Michigan. Alabama. Michigan, Michigan are they playing Alabama? Yeah, Gosh, for the playoff. Alicia's going to go watch something. <laughs> it's on New Year's Day. Yeah, it's on New Year's. No <laughs> Eve. Oh, is it New Year's Eve? I just heard that's what they've it. been in the past. Well, I oh, hope man. they moved the Rose Bowl. Michigan's they're, in they're the playing Rose Bowl. the Rose Bowl, and they usually play New Year's Day in the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. But the playoff last year, the it was, two games it's usually were, New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah right. I don't know. Scott, look that up real quick. For we're going to be traveling on that day. Scott knows, anyways. He already knows. Yeah. It's New Year's Day. <laughs> oh no, on New Year's Eve we're traveling. I think. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. So we're traveling on New Year's Day. We'll be able to watch it, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, you got your phone. You can watch it. Yeah, I'll be driving. <laughs> you can watch it on your Fox app. One of your app. one of your eight <laughs> two hour stops. You could stop somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Watch that's one of the. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry for all this banter. Uh, we hope to see you this coming Sunday. We'll continue our series in John chapter one. Uh, you can read along, do some studying. I would encourage you to do that, and we we do look forward to seeing you uh, this coming Sunday uh, morning. Uh, but until then, we hope that you have a great week. God bless you.